Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Adventures in Movies, where we talk about the Indian genre films you've never heard of, the ones you can't hear enough about, and the ones you never want to hear about again. My name is Nathaniel Meir, and I'm the movie editor at AIPT. Joining me on these ongoing adventures is the host who cannot wait to meet you on the shark side of the moon. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Dude, what if the dark side of the moon was full of laser sharks? Wouldn't that be cool? Maybe that's the real mystery here. You Maybe you nailed it. I'm Blake. <laughs> and that's why NASA had to make fake it. You can't put their astronauts. Far too dangerous. <laughs> you can't put those red-blooded Americans in danger. Not a shark attack, sir. It'd <laughs> uh, be like the U.S. Indianapolis all over again. <laughs> <laughs> the, the other day, this isn't shark-related, but it is kind of dangerous in a, in a sense. I was... Uh, I was walking and there's a there's a ditch on the way to the um to the to Veterans Park and uh, ditches are the same as they were back then lots of graffiti in them oh, yeah. but uh but the city's like or whoever they're spray painting over it very very quickly now they're they're cleaning it up real quick um there was no uh gang stuff no LML no Bloods no no Hollywood Nights nothing like that nothing sexual no oh, no nasty boys. no no sick my duck no no phone numbers <laughs> no nothing like that. But there was the other thing that you're always bound to see upside down cross next to it. It said, God is a lie. Oh, edgy. And unfortunately, it was in baby blue. So it looked like really cute. Like, God <laughs> is a lie. It was like, it was something like a, like a Taylor Swift fan. Would <laughs> <laughs> or or oh. I guess more appropriately, a Jenna Ortega fan. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> well, it just makes me think, like, dude, who's got that cool job where you're you're like the eraser, dude? Like, you're gonna go, you're just erasing graffiti all over town. Like, that dude's got to feel really powerful, or gal. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. And and also, it's probably pretty funny too, though. You probably get tired of seeing the whole like, <laughs> fuck you, and that's and all like I'm... fucked up swastikas and stuff. Yeah, stupid shit like that. But uh, maybe, maybe, maybe the graffiti eraser left the God is a lie thing up, dude. Right? Maybe he put it there. Maybe that's <laughs> <laughs> the other funny thing that I saw is um, we always hear about, you know, how tight money is nowadays. And uh, there's all kinds of layoffs and things like that. Like, I think it's hit Google because I did see an old man on his bike with his helmet riding around and just slow, slowly looking around. I think that's the new Google Maps. There. <laughs> <It's a guy. laughs> There's no more Google Maps cars. It's a dude. It's just a dude on a bike. Man, <laughs> that one dude traveling across America. <laughs> with a, G, a shirt with a white t-shirt with a G on it. Like that's it. That's all you <laughs> that's get, all buddy. You know. <laughs> so, uh, on this show, we talk about all kinds of uh, random stuff. But one of the uh, common things that we talk about is music. Like we both love music and sure. hear different kinds of music. Like uh, last week, Blake was wearing his Waylon Jennings shirt. Uh, we'll <laughs> yeah. talk about butt rock or yacht rock or rap or uh, all kinds of music. Like I, I, heavy metal. Yeah, heavy metal. Love music since I was a kid. Still love it. Um, I haven't had XM in forever, but I've been listening to XM this week because it's free through June the 5th. So oh, sweet. Why not? I mean, yeah. uh, to, I, I, the reason I mentioned Yacht Rock is because they have a Yacht have a Rock yacht. station. Yeah. I've been listening to that for the past couple of days. Uh, <laughs> before that was 80s on 80s. I listened to like, all kinds of stuff. But but there are some bands that I just cannot. Ref- I, I just refuse to put up with their shit. <laughs> <laughs> One of them is Kiss. <laughs> and um, it was announced way back in 2021 that there was going to um, be a Kiss biopic because why not? Uh, they do have a long, distinguished career. I will oh, say that. Yes, they do. Uh, um, they have a, a biopic coming out. It's going to be called Shout It Out Loud. Makes complete sense. <laughs> kind of haven't heard anything about it until it was announced this past week that Shout It Out Loud still, still exists. It's, it's still around. Not only that, it's done and supposedly in 2024 it will be on netflix i don't think i'll be watching it like i (laughs) i i I, I, the dirt was an amazing book they did as good a job as they could do with it netflix did it was a really fun watch um i've seen some documentaries on musicians that i you know even don't really care all that much about but uh yeah I can't bring myself to watch a kiss stop by So this is in fact like it, it's uh it's not a documentary, it's a acted out 
film like the dirt that's kind like, of what this we're is getting. gonna be okay. like the dirt i i, I don't know of, who's okay. gonna i don't know who's gonna be in this i don't uh, know who's gonna play Shannon adam driver or... needs to play teams <laughs> oh that he needs to put on some pounds but <laughs> put up but he, he can put up some muscle mass though He's yeah dude oh, who should be it. paul stanley oh god maybe like uh, uh jason schwartzman <laughs> <laughs> i was trying to think of someone who was really dorky and oh the dude was in blackberry um oh uh jay barajel jay barajel yeah that would work. <laughs> you need a wig but <laughs> and then uh, any drunk hobo could play ace <laughs> yeah yeah and hopefully ace like he has one of the best band names ever one of his side projects <laughs> ace freely's comet is like <laughs> an amazing amazing name better than anything kiss ever did no i i mean seriously so it's hilarious that we bring this up because like literally last week good friend of mine who who really knows music too like very seen like everybody you know we, he was talking about how much he fucking hated kiss <laughs> and like he's <laughs> definitely one. no and he's like i was like oh come on man they've got like a couple cool songs i was like called gin and he was like Nah, I mean, all right. <laughs> it is true. But I think I did see this is about like the first four years of Kiss. So, like, basically, I think it's like the come up and then like the Knights and Satan Service, like, hubbubaloo about Kiss. So, right, right. I, I think that's with the Kiss Army, right? So, yeah, I don't know. I think it could be fun. I, I think if you want to watch a Kiss movie that's actually entertaining, you should watch Detroit Rock City. That's an actually good movie. Oh yeah, yeah, that is that is a good movie actually. Um, I I've always wondered about Kiss because by the time I was like getting into music and stuff like that, it was like Made It and Molly Crew and even Run DMC and stuff like that. Michael yeah. Jackson, uh, Kiss was kind of something that was before my time, right? And then they came out um, Sans Makeup. Look at it <laughs> yeah. Look at it uh, they had a shitty love song. Gosh, I don't remember. What oh, it was. the fucking one that the drummer sings. Like, uh, it's like, no, not, not, Diana. no, not oh. Beth. That was, oh, Beth, they, yeah. that was when they had the makeup, but this is like 87. Or oh, so like, no makeup, no makeup, dress like fucking hair metal dudes. Uh, uh, I don't remember it, but it was reason to believe reason to live Dude. reason to live like reason to live okay yeah. everybody's got a reason to live. <laughs> that, one. <laughs> that one oh man it was so awful like <laughs> i um i never understood it i was like i had heard the name ken the, the knights and satan service and i had heard yeah. all of that seen the makeup and i was like oh my gosh these dudes are fucking badasses and then i'd hear some of their song beth yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, I don't know. They don't seem like that. Sounds like Fozzie Bear sings that song. Yeah, and, uh, their most badass song was what rock and roll all day and party all night. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I don't know, man. This doesn't seem very metal to me or scary. And then, oh, though I will say, I saw this. Um, there's that decline of Western civilization oh, yeah. trilogy, and the second one is the Metal Years. Um, first one is punk years, second one is metal years, and third one is like the crust punk years or something yeah. like that. But yeah. the metal years that that the punk and metal years ones are really good. And the metal years has um uh Paul Stanley and uh Gene Simmons throughout it. But Paul Stanley is interviewed laying in a bed just surrounded by women throughout the <laughs> <laughs> this is also post makeup and at post and pre makeup, I guess. So he looks like especially sleazy and gross oh he is an especially sleazy and gross looking man they all are it's something about the chest oh, yeah. hair and the way they flaunt the chest hair that really kind of repulses me and the fact that i think they've been dying their chest hair for like a long time is really weird a good 25 30 <laughs> yeah it's really really strange i think one of the things that like the, the i mean i grew up you know my brother is a little you know older and so he you know he had some kiss influence but like you know, he kind of always, you know, he kind of told me, he's like, yeah, this band's like, everybody kind of loves them, but they're kind of a fucking joke. And then, yeah. like, I was a big Pantera fan. I am, I am a big Pantera fan. And, like, their guitarist, Dimebag, Daryl, is, like, the hugest Kiss fan. So it made yeah. me want to, like, oh, I got to I gotta be into Kiss, too. I, don't, I just couldn't do it. Like, God, God bless Dime and all that shit. But nah, man. Kiss is such a... They, they have a Kiss coffin, you know? They're, they're like, yeah. the biggest merchandising thing ever. And it's, you know... They're laughing all the way to the bank, I guess. So. I, I I guess they 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 must have hit their stride in like what 76, 77, and then faded yeah. out in seventy eight, seventy nine. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was, it could not have been a, a 
bright flash of star, you know? I mean, it, it hit, and it hit really, really hard because I heard of them, like, years after the fact. And, I mean, I, I don't get it. Like, um, Regina hates David Lee Roth. Not as a oh, front man, not as a singer. but as a person? She thinks he's gross. Like well, he is. He is. He's disgusting. Like, all you have to do is hear the first 30 seconds of Hot for Teacher. <laughs> and hear the, Just the, the, the do I need to sharpen my pencil. <laughs> but she loves Kiss. She loves Kiss, and and they're like four David Lee Roths, but not as cool. The, <laughs> the same band that sings "Love Gun" is the band. Gun, yeah, yeah. Like, wow. I don't get it. I um, I, I know you and I were talking about this a few weeks ago, but I haven't on air told my Kiss story in a long time. Oh, I love this story. Yeah. So, um, we went and saw Kiss. Uh, I believe Foo Fighters is opening for them. Oh, and, wow. and, and and Foo Fighters is actually one of those bands that uh, I, I don't mind, but I don't really, I don't search their music out. Sure. And that's how most music is for me. I'm just sure. trying to like, some music you really like, the rest of it is kind of whatever. Nice. And then there's Kiss, who I hate. <laughs> but uh, we went to go, she really wanted to see Foo Fighters and Kiss. We went with, with her uncles who really wanted to see Kiss. And uh, I was like, well, I guess Foo Fighters will be okay. <laughs> so uh, Kiss comes out, they play like three songs, and then Paul Stanley, as he's talking to the crowd, who are digging it, <laughs> goes, I've never seen so many bounces in my life. <laughs> the crowd goes, nuts. <laughs> nah. I mean, the crowd is fucking loving it. <laughs> who here likes tequila? <laughs> yeah. Who here likes Vodka. <laughs> well, I'm a cold And I didn't even know the song. I knew it once uh, I heard it, but I didn't know what's called that. So I was like, what the hell? <laughs> what is happening? I was like, what's this building up to? Uh, amazing payoff. Cold oh. <laughs> No, if it weren't for Kiss, you would not have that story. And I that's yeah. why I'm glad Kiss is around. So. Yeah, so- Regina and her and her uncles, they love Kiss so much that we actually went to the uh, street fest. Um, we were going to go anyway, but one of the big draws was meeting Kiss. Oh, so, meeting Kiss is great. Yeah. <laughs> they were awesome. Better than Kiss, actually. Yeah, I was not surprised. <laughs> Check out this bill. Meeting Kiss, uh, followed by the Scorpions. <laughs> Make a biopic oh, of that. Somebody. The poor Scorpions, dude. The Scorpions are actually a badass, talented band, and they had Mini Kiss opening for <laughs> As much as I love music, we could do a whole show on music. Uh, I think we got to move on. Genre of the future. And we're going to talk about everything that's coming out between June the 2nd and June the 8th. A little bit of a deviation from that that we'll get to in a moment. But coming out on June the 6th, um, two really interesting movies coming out in limited release. The first one, it's really funny to me. But uh, man, the trailer has amazing imagery in it. Fallen is about a woman who um, has an encounter with a co-worker, uh, turns her life into a living nightmare, can't go to work, and the rest of her life she's harassed by a giant tree monster? Tree, tree man? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. They're like the, the trailer doesn't really dig so much into it. That's out of the synopsis that I got. But um, really cool imagery in this trailer. I have a very bad feeling, and we'll get to messages in movies right now, but... Um, I have a feeling that the tree monster is a metaphor for something and something that'll totally ruin the movie, but like just face value. It's kind of a cool, a cool, a cool idea. So just hey. a tree monster. Yeah. I, who doesn't love a tree monster, man? I, I, I think really, I mean, I, I think there's not enough tree monster type things. Day of the Triffids. Come on. Great stuff. But day of the Triffids weren't trying to sexually assault you. So, so uh, this could be interesting. <laughs> Well, we see, I mean, Evil Dead showed us that sexual assault with trees can be very scary. That's true. And that's true. And what, who am I to say? The, the Triffids had like giant, weird, gangly tongues. So who knows? Uh, but yeah, I, I think you're right. I think this movie is either going to be like really interesting and maybe surprise us at the end, or it's going to give you exactly what you think, which is some, some rot metaphor for something terrible that happened to somebody. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and I'm kind of leaning towards the latter. Uh, yeah. uh, the other thing coming out on June the 6th is uh, infinitely more interesting, and we'll probably have a lot more to say about this sometime in the future, yeah. but Hollywood Dreams and Nightmares, the Robert England story. Robert England is, well, okay, Robert England says he's not an icon. Freddy Krueger is an icon, but let's face it. If someone else had played Freddy Krueger, 
I don't think he would have had the same. He still would have been popular, but I don't think he would have been as popular. So no. I, I just got really two things to say. One, there are documentaries about everybody nowadays, it seems like. Two, Robert England deserves a documentary. <laughs> so I'm on board for this. Absolutely. He, he has been a part of cinema for as long as I can remember. I've been a huge fan. I've, I remember he's like in Adventures of Ford Fairlane. When you see him yes. and other stuff, He's awesome in it. And it's, I, they kind of, in a trailer for this, they kind of briefly kind of touch on how he's kind of an actor's actor. People really enjoy working with him and, yeah. and stuff like that. And uh, I am really interested to see. I think he's kind of a super interesting guy. And uh, I think, I can't wait for this. Yeah, he's a great character actor. Um, the um, actually, so Nightmare Two is famous for, um, it's, it's like very big in, in queer horror. Yep. Um, and I can't remember his name right now. I believe it's Mark. Is his first Mark Patton? I want to say. Oh yeah, yep. yeah. The the actor um who had just a horrible time filming uh, filming the movie, and yep. after the fact, uh, it's just I like, kind of ruined his life. But um, one of the few people, if not the only people, he talks highly of from that shoot is Robert England because yep. Robert England was so kind to him and gave him like thought he was such a great actor and everything. But yeah, you're right. You don't hear bad things about Robert England. You know. This one's a little bit, so I, I said up through June the 8th. So the Tribeca Film Festival is June, starts June the 7th. It's going to continue through the 16th. But, uh, and we might have some stuff from that on the show in the next few weeks. But um, what stands out about this year's Tribeca is uh, they have a many, many, many surprising amount of genre movies. Everything from like a reanimator cast reunion type thing. There's uh, thrillers, there's body horror, there's like erotic thrillers that are going to be at this thing. Like, uh, it's almost it's as close to a genre fest as you can get without being a genre fest and uh that's pretty cool i'm always down for more genre indie films yeah no i feel like there's kind of been a you know kind of a like a, a swell up of these I, I mean i i know we've talked back and forth we i we i think we hate these terms like elevated horror blah 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 like i hate that i hate that shit um yeah they're just genre movies man some of them are better than others but I I'm thrilled that there's this much dark, weird shit making its way to this stuff, because I feel like it's been underserved for a long time just because of subject matter. Maybe finally a bunch of twisted weirdos like us are in, you know, positions of power now in, in, in these vests. And I, I hope we start. To, I hope that's a trend we continue to see more. of. So, yeah, I'm excited. Good. Good job on you, Tribeca. Yeah, like I'm really glad to see that because. Like, like so we talked about how we both are not fans of the term elevated horror we both also like our trashy low budget yeah. so not that there isn't a place for you know the more highbrow quote-unquote horror sure. but i mean the horror that we grew up uh, with was really fun and to the point and very visceral mm -hmm. and i think we're seeing a lot more of that in the indie in the indie spaces and uh, i'm really glad i'm really glad to see that um so hbo max is officially no more it is now oh, it's max. max it is max it has changed um coming on june the 4th is a series called the idol starring uh the weekend and uh, johnny depp's daughter lily rose depp yeah. will be in this so this is from the creator of euphoria um i like you can tell <laughs> yeah and this looks like euphoria and it's probably as gr graphically sexual as yeah. euphoria based on it uh also um it did screen at cans like the first two episodes and across the board it seems like critics are calling it gross oh and that is a funny term for whether it's a movie critic or a food critic <laughs> gross <laughs> gross is a term that just shouldn't be in a critic's vocabulary so it's like really really funny to hear that but <laughs> what it's about is an aspiring pop idol who has a nervous breakdown and just wants to reclaim her title as the sexiest pop star in america i mean i don't in know there. That, I'm that, in there. <laughs> who has it <laughs> i don't know how much meat is on the bone there i think a cult gets involved somehow in it I, i'm not really sure but uh i don't know i i'm euphoria is kind of one of those like guilty pleasure things i think zendaya is really cool Sydney yeah. sweeney is really cool on it um there's not much depth to it, honestly, but, and I, it's, I wouldn't say it's a background watch, but it's something to watch. And I, I kind of put idol in that category, the idol in that category. Yeah. I mean, I, right. I, I think uh, I'm a big weekend fan. I, I am. I, I've, all, I've been a fan of his for years. I think he's a talented dude. So yes, I'm interested. I'm interested to see him in more of these, uh, like a bigger acting role. I know he's been in a few things kind of small, but um. I'll, I'll check it out for that for sure. 
um if it if it hooks me i'd be surprised but um i i could definitely i could definitely see checking this out so there's a little bit of that like i want to know if morbid curiosity is yeah. curiosity like i do want to see how uh, yeah, if mean, it's gross i gotta check it out yeah, it's gross. I mean, it's Johnny Depp's daughter. The only thing I've well, I, I saw her in yoga hosers. And oh, that was dead, whatever. Awful, but not so much her like fault. Like ten years though. ago, <laughs> and that was a long time ago. So there's, I mean, and then there's that euphoria factor. So yeah. I mean, yeah. we'll, we'll see what it's about. So, um, I know you're a fan of Only Murders in the Building. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, great stuff. It was inevitable that <laughs> people would start copying it. Oh, uh, based on a true story, is coming to Peacock on June the eighth, and. <laughs> It's not much different than Only Murders in the Building, honestly. To me, it doesn't look like it, except it's set, it's set in the suburbs instead of a, a upscale yeah. New York apartment. Uh, apartment, but um, yeah. uh, Chris Messina, great actor, though. So, um, great. <clears throat> I, I do like like I like mysteries. I do like little murder mysteries, especially comedic ones. I really get a kick out of. Also, Peacock um, Poker Face is really awesome. And then they have that show that I only saw a part of the first episode and I got pulled away from it, but it's a uh, Mrs. Smith, I think it is, with the nun on oh. a motorcycle fighting oh, the yeah. AI. Yeah, like Peacock is like putting out some weird shit. That's kind of cool. Now, this isn't so much weird as the other, but it looks like a lot of fun. I'm gonna give it a try. I am too. Uh I I, I co-sign your Peacock weird vote. Like I was I I pay for it. Like it's not even six five, six bucks or something. Yeah. And I was kind of going through it the other day. I hadn't looked at it in a few weeks. And I was pleasantly surprised with all the kind of the yeah there's like some quirky weird shit in there um there's some neat documentaries um there peacock's killing it so uh i i think this is i'm i'll check it out kaylee kuoko right so if you yeah. like uh what was it uh what was the nerd show that she was uh uh big bang the, theory which big bang sucks, theory. yeah but, but she uh, was the, the flight attendant was cool oh yeah right she's I not like she's she's good i i think she's not bad and um no, she's good. yeah i think there's uh yeah, I mean, you're. This was coming, but I'll definitely check it out. I think it looks. I think it has that same kind of like quirky, kind of fun, um, which I like. You know, I don't want everything to be so dreary. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna throw it out there right now for your money, and I'm a, I'm a big Shutter person. I watch a lot of Hulu for some reason. Yeah, I do but, too. Uh, I, I think Peacock might be the best thing for your buck right now, as we speak. But uh, we'll see. Based on the true story, June the eighth. <laughs> Oh, June is Pride Month, and the first movie we're going to cover on this show, and for the month of June, is Spiral. And I know what you're thinking. What the hell does Chris Rock have to do with Pride Month? It's not that Spiral. This one actually came out a little before it, 2019. Um, This movie is about a a couple, same-sex couple, who moves to a small town with their 16-year-old daughter, and uh, one of them witnesses a strange party next door. And the story kind of <laughs> kicks off from there. Um, we uh, we talked about the curse is the one that always sticks out to me. And we talk about like titles that are repeated often. Eventually, if a, a horror franchise is around long enough, there's going to be an origins. There's going to be an uprising yes, eventually. Yes. The final. The, the final is going to get in there. The death of <laughs> will get yeah. in there. Um, <laughs> Spiral's not a title that you think would come out twice, especially in a short amount of time. Yeah, like two years. Yeah, interesting. And also, you could have called this movie almost anything else. <laughs> yeah, Spiral, I still don't quite know <laughs> what the title has to do with it. Yeah. But I will say this about this movie. I had an epiphany while watching this uh, movie. Uh, so about a year ago maybe a little less than that we were uh the final girls were on the ariel and candace were on the show we were talking about message movies and it was the episode where we did dr lamb and it was oh, but yeah. it wasn't that movie there was, it was when i consume you i think was the name of the oh movie? Yeah. yeah yeah and then uh, there's a point where you're like oh this movie is it has a message to it and we were all like i hate message movies <laughs> <laughs> i i haven't so much changed on that but this movie made me kind of alter that line of thinking i do not like message movies however i don't like message movie message movies when they have no context whatsoever spiral is an absolute in your face it is in your face it's a very very strong message in it but everything surrounding it kind of i don't know it doesn't play that message it's very similar to the attachment diaries like it's not that it plays the message down it's just that Everything surrounding it gets it, it gets equal time, I guess you can say. I don't know if okay. that's quite, but I wasn't bothered by what's 
it, there's a very, very strong, very definite, very clear message. Oh. Though, spoiler alert, like we're talking about some plot points to this, but though some might take issue with the fact with at the end there is kind of a it could happen to anybody type uh sure. feel to it. But that aside, there's a very clear message in this movie. Yeah. It didn't bother me. Yeah, you know what? You're right. So right. Yeah, you're right. I think we typically we have we're like allergic to that shit. And it like right. it, and it makes it you know makes like the movie itchy for us the entire time. This uh yeah, I I don't I don't think I ever once it never affected the the storytelling for me per se, other than the fact that I thought they just never they never gave me enough meat to chew on or to like sink my teeth into as far as the broader scope of what was happening. And I think that that's where, and not that I, you know, not that I was like beating us over the head, like relentlessly, but I thought that's where like the message telling just, it got in the way of like, what I think, what I think is a cool story. I think this story, and um, there's some commonalities between this and the second movie, but uh, yeah. I think this movie is a very, very like old school horror movie. We were talking about smile. It's kind of like it has the uh, it has it has the couple who are moving out of the big city, yep. and they're moving into the small town. And of course, their kid doesn't want to move to the small oh. town, and the kid hates one of well, is very argumentative with with one of the parents. And yep. it's very much this could have been made as um, 1985 is an important year in 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 this movie. This could have come out in 1985. There, there's a bad yeah. boy who she who oh. daughter falls for. <laughs> other this is very old school horror storytelling and that's what made the message and not that i it's a good it's a good message very good message but it 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 made it more palatable because and and i always pick on marvel for this but they're the biggest offenders of it like it's not shoehorned and forced and it's not like oh my god are you really trying to teach me something here like it's just part of the story and i know that gay couples are different from my relationship which is different than from from any other people's relationship but it was a story that anybody can relate to and i think that i think a lot can be learned from this movie actually we'll get into whether it was good or not but i think right you can get a lot out of it yeah i think you make a really good point like i think this is kind of like it's like textbook right it's like a very textbook you know by the numbers you know horror movie except that you know i just the the thing yeah like getting to i mean the acting was good i felt like there was never a hook right like right i i I think that by you know halfway through a movie you should at least have some kind of hook that's got you like all right you know, I really kind of want to see this through. I want to see what's happening. And you definitely, there's a mystery and you want to see what's happening. There's kind of like, but I think like when the kind of the personal unraveling happens, it happens really quickly. And, yes. And kind of un, like uncharacteristic maybe from, from the, from the people that you've gotten to know over the past 30, 40 minutes, you know, I thought that was a little bit troublesome. I think what's uh, one of the issues after, you know, me talking about how great the writing was, uh, I think the writing is also very flawed. Yeah. Um, I think that um, it tries to get a little too clever. Like um, yeah. it does a really good job with misdirection. Like in the first five minutes or so, you're thinking that um, I think his name is Aaron. Uh, yeah. you're, you're thinking that he's going to be the central character. He's the one that the daughter's picking on. He's the one who kind of seems to be, he's, he's driving the car. So you kind of think he's going to be the lead. And then from there, it kind of shifts over to Malik. And then really good job of misdirection in the beginning when um, the, one of the neighbors says, oh, we, have, we don't have too many of you around. You're thinking like, does she mean uh, gay men, or is she talking about Malik being a black guy? Black man, yeah. <laughs> like, like it's it's really cool. But then I think they're so caught up in trying to trick you that uh, they forget, like you said, to give it a backstory. Like, yeah. um, you have uh, the big bad or one of the villains is uh, the guy with the baby dick from from Scary <laughs> Movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's there's a lot that you can do with that, but you kind of aside from a creepy book here like a videotape there like i don't know and then the ending feels uh it feels very rushed like it's just kind of like uh like they want like the whole thing where someone the bad guy tells you exactly what's happening it's like they wanted to do that but they forgot along the way 
like it was kind of weird they dropped the ball there oh totally yeah so like my my real problem with the movie i you know i didn't have much of an issue with the storytelling up until about you know the third act Mm -hmm. and then the when the third act hits it all like i said it all kind of spirals out of control uh really quickly and i i felt like it was like the characters were behaving in ways that were not not characteristic to what we've been shown and then i thought that they were asking a whole hell of a lot of the audience to kind of connect dots when you've done you've been all you have focused on is these people and their relationships and you've done nothing to explain any lore or any really anything that's happening other than a couple like minorly creepy images also a shoehorned ghost i there yeah uh, yeah that was bad yeah it was bad that was bad yeah it was typical for this type of movie like typical jump scare it had the black eyeballs like it it looked right (laughs) it it seemed like it should have been there but the way it was done was not very good it was kind of random and pointless um they um also have um and it's a typical when we kind of keep using that word but it's your basic horse or where the person who thinks something is going on and who is suspicious like people are explaining to them why it's nothing wrong with it and and they're explaining why how it's normal and then they're gaslighting (laughs) yeah totally gaslighting this guy and then uh you get this whole thing of like oh you know yeah is he taking his medication or whatever but they just introduced that out of nowhere when that actually could have been built up over the course of the movie but it's like i felt from a leak i did like and they, yeah. but it was kind of like i felt for him in spite of the movie i was able to get behind him yeah right like there you're definitely like man poor fucking malik dude like this sucks for him like big time i'm not exactly sure why it's happening to just malik here <laughs> yeah that's the other thing too <laughs> and like the the other thing that i i just i i, I and i frankly you know, I'm not, I can be a dim bulb. I, I know I can. I did not understand the point of showing his like, fam, like the family tragedy thing or the thing that happened to him early, early on. You know, like, I like you said, I it's kind of just like here's terrible things that can happen to people, but I don't. It got lost in that whole thing, and I know it was kind of used to make like your sympathy for him more greater or greater than than what it maybe like just the movie. I don't think you needed to do that. I really don't. I think I think just a poor innocent man being driven mad is, is enough. Yeah, like I I think what they were trying to do, and and you're right, like it's like kind of this random flashbacks. Like, yeah. I won't go so far as to say they were padding out the movie because one, it's not that long of a movie, but two, it, right. it didn't feel like padding. No. It, it just felt like they. I think they're trying to connect that with, like you said, the unraveling of them, and then you have sure. the pill, but they don't connect those dots. So it's just kind of like, okay, now he's haunted by this thing and it's a horrible thing so i get it but but why does it keep it's you can tell it's supposed to play a very important part in it but it really doesn't seem to have any effect on what's going on yeah like like it doesn't have any direct correlation with what's going on so um everything's like building like it's going in the direction you think it's going to be going and like this movie will not surprise you in any way Uh. but um it just doesn't connect the dots as well as it can as well as it should really <laughs> right right and it wasted a really shocking ending um because like you're not given enough time with some of the characters to care enough about it like yes it's still horrible and shocking but it also was like oh okay <laughs> yeah okie dokie <laughs> that you know when when i saw it i was like huh I did not see that coming like, I, for as predictable as, as other parts totally. of this movie where that came out of nowhere. And it's pretty, it's pretty wild. It like, is wild. It's, it's almost for as crazy as, and, and cool. I will say that is a really cool scene, but it's very un- out of place and undeserved in this movie. Like, it is. It is. If, like you said, a little more time, uh, a little, a little, a little more careful, a little, a little more padding at, a little, yeah. a, a little just you know a comment here or there might have made that scene be a it would have been a really big like a gut punch in the best of ways totally but but it was just kind of like a huh that was mm. neat oh, but, <laughs> but it was weird uh, um spiral it's 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 on shutter 
right now, uh, C or no C? Uh, you know, as movies go, as queer horror movies go, I think there's so many better ones, you know, truly. Like, if you're going to try to get some good queer horror in, like, there are better movies than this. I think I'm going to say you're going to need to pass on, on Spiral. This one's a tough one because it it, it, it's not aggressively bad, like, in any way at all. It's actually almost generic dare say um i will say it's writing of its main couple is is really well done but uh it's just very hard to ignore the flaw so um i would say that you can pass on this last week we covered a movie that made us realize that it's been quite a while since we've covered an erotic thriller but this week we're covering follow her which is a social media psychosexual erotic thriller. Um, It's about a a social media influencer, but not the Instagram, uh, I don't know, Snapchat or TikTok type. Like she's she's an influencer on a kind of like a fetish website almost, a kink website. And uh, she gets an opportunity for a job to finish the, to finish an erotic novel or an erotic screenplay, which is super cool, actually. Yeah. Um, it turns out though that it's not as great as she thinks it is. Um, I'm gonna throw it out there. I think this might be the stinkiest of stink movies we have ever watched. It is rife with stink. It it, it sure is. I mean, it it. it it swims in it <laughs> this goes beyond uh when on we're on the final girls we talked about Candyland, that being a horny movie yeah. and we've uh we covered some pretty raunchy truck exploitation movies uh we had attachment diaries last week um this movie has a level of eroticism that's it's not even erotic it's just straight up like it's lust it's just yeah. like meet a person in a bar and i want to fuck you like yeah. it's straight up like raunch and uh I thought it was pretty cool. I, I kind of was like, I was like, damn, this is like as close as you can get to porn without being porn with no nudity. Yeah, <laughs> like, very, very little nudity. Little nudity. Like, very and little. that's really impressive. This is like stuff that, like, if I was like 13, this would have gotten my engine going. Oh, big time, big time. I, I would have never, you know, I would have, I, well, like the little device that was like for tickling people and shit. Like, there was like, yeah. You know, I guess I've seen some of that shit. I guess I just didn't know what it was for. <laughs> Thought it was for grating cheese. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Since I was like epilating your skin. I don't know. But uh, yeah, there there was all sorts like this. Uh, yeah, this had all sorts of shit that I that I uh, I was happy to see because <laughs> you just don't see that kind of shit in a movie. You don't. I mean, and here's the thing about this movie, and we and we just talked about it with Spiral, and uh, we talked about it a few weeks ago with Smile. Um, aside from the social media aspect of it, like this is a very, very old school erotic thriller. Yeah. Even the use of hidden cameras and spoiler, yeah. we're going to talk about some plot points in this movie. Will yeah. not ruin it for anybody. Yeah. And, um, that's not new at all. That's in oh. like every Skinamax movie that came out from 1993 to 1997. Like they oh. all had people being filmed having sex, and this, it's just it's in here, and it's a. Uh, Kind of refreshing, to be honest with you, the way it was used. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I thought I, multiple times I thought like, boy, this really is like one of those old like, you know, we, we, we used to call them like softcore porn softcore movies porn, yeah. that was on, you know, one of those things uh, like Cinemax, like you said. And and it, it it had like a bit more edge to it, which was which was cool. Um, but like you said, those were those those old school Cinemax movies. I mean, much more much more nudity and actual just flaunt, right. flaunting of, of bodies and muscles and boobs and all that kind of shit where this actually kind of gets you into like it really is a like a psychological cat and mouse kind of game that Absolutely. that uh that happens and uh i didn't i didn't always know who had the upper hand to be honest with you and i Me thought that either. was that was pretty cool really well done like this uh people talk about you know cock teases and then it's never a positive thing this movie teases you but it's a really really good tease (laughs) i really enjoyed watching this movie in ways that i uh, don't enjoy watching movies anymore just not not young enough to enjoy it but this movie was uh very enjoyable in that sense um 
and it's more than just sexual dynamics. <laughs> that is a big part of it. Like the character, especially the, the the lead character, Jess Peters, I think is a really interesting character because uh, she's an influencer, but she's not the type of person you should like because she's living pretty oh. much rent free. Her dad is supporting her. She's whiny. Oh, she's I, like, I like he, yeah. he's an able. Yeah. And you really shouldn't like, but um, I guess here's where we differ a little bit. Like, and I think it's more the circumstances than anything else. But despite the fact that she's not the type of person that I would like, um, I um I don't know if I liked her. Maybe that's too strong a word, but I certainly <laughs> felt for her. I was wor- I was worried for her. I I, I was oh. in her I was in her corner. D- totally. So yes, like don't let my 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 necessarily dislike of her personality. No, I really enjoyed when she dropped a hundred dollar bill into the shitter in the outhouse. That made me laugh like yeah, a lot funny. because yeah. I like it did. But yeah, no, you do. You are well. Just I I mean I don't like to see you know it, well it just puts you on edge right. You don't want to see a, a woman in a vulnerable position who could you know easily be you know overpowered or taken advantage of by the much bigger dude and you know in a weird secluded spot. So yeah, you're on edge for her. The entire time she's, you know, out there with, and I'm not fucking around, Tom Brady. Yeah, she's out there with <laughs> literally Tom Brady. It's the best one. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it was it was an interesting. It was like an interesting buildup, and then once the game started, quote unquote, I, I found that pretty pretty fun, and I thought there was they kept it uh, fresh by introducing new shit like constantly. Yeah, and uh, you mentioned that you couldn't tell who was on, who had the upper hand. Uh, me too. I, back and yeah. forth, I would be like, okay, like he's got her where she wants. Oh, and then I'd be like, well, wait a minute, maybe, maybe she set this up. And I'd be like, well, no, that doesn't really make sense if she did. But right. she just kind of like uh, it's her attitude. She's very, but she's very sexually forward. But she just doesn't take any shit either, for yeah. better and worse. Um, him, Luke Cook, who plays Tom Brady um he's like we were just talking about sleazy guys like he's i don't know if sleazy is the right but he's dangerous but it's like oh. a sexy danger but not it's a the good implication, sexy man. no it's like oh. he's dennis reynolds he's so dennis reynolds yeah it's gonna take her out on a boat yeah <laughs> got cameras hidden everywhere you gotta like sign a release form like no he is he is dennis reynolds in a lot of ways and but he the the actor like you said really great job like yeah he's got this kind of unhinged quality to his personality to where it's like holy shit is he being serious oh no he's not being serious oh no yeah yes he is i don't know i like that i like when you're when your antagonist is kind of you know unpredictable in a way i think that added to the tension yeah totally i, I was i think you you use the exact term but i was on edge watching this like i was yeah. It, I was really caught up in this world, and this isn't uh, not so much a single location, but the majority of it does take place in one. It's it's a, it's a barn. It's a very large a barn converted into a home, but it's in this large space, uh, and it's primarily just two actors for it. I mean, yeah. very difficult thing to do, but uh, these two manage pulling great chemistry, <laughs> yeah. like, and um, some of the stuff they're doing with and to each other. You need to have that chemistry and just <laughs> you do. playing off each other so well. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would like to think a lot of that was improvised. It felt like it, and uh, in a very natural way. So, I, I really did enjoy their their close up interactions, and not in the perverted way. I, I, I the other thing that um, I think they did really well in this movie is social media thrillers. I mean, social media is going to be a big part of movies going forward, like forever until whatever the next advancement is. But. Um, I think movies that focus on social media, they have, and no pun intended, but they fall into this trap of being meta. They have to be really meta. And this movie, like, never, I don't even think it really, well, I don't want to say it tried to be, but that's not a big part of it, like, at all. Like, it gets you, it's the story that's that sucks you in. It's the story and the characters. That's it. It's not about these wink, wink, nudge, nudge moments. Like, right. what you see is what you get, and that's not usually said it in a complimentary way but i mean that in the most complimentary sense like this is a story for you to just just watch it and enjoy it yeah i completely agree i i don't yeah the meta aspect of it doesn't really come into the end and it's by far the weakest point of the movie to me it is yeah. by far and away um so but uh, yeah i agree the uh th- this movie did a really rare thing which is to be well for my taste to be kind of low budget 
and um not you know it's not this they're not leaving a trail of breadcrumbs for you necessarily they're kind of just giving you stuff and then surprising you which is fine too but that kind of low budget and that kind of storytelling usually does not vibe for me it it usually somehow it gets disjointed and doesn't work this one really worked well i I thought they did really clever things like with the camera i think the direction was really good the pacing was good uh i thought that they did a, a really good job keeping keeping you on your toes and keeping you interested in something that is very face value like you kind of you're kind of just seeing it as it comes and then like i said they're kind of hitting you with these surprises out of left field which kept me guessing you know until until the end which like i said like i just said like the the end was like the the last 15 minutes were like the weakest part of the whole thing yeah I'll, well two things when you mentioned direction i think one of the best jump scares that I, that i've seen this year involves um a hidden camera it's not even a jump scare it's it's a very subtle scare oh actually. The, yeah but, with the bed yeah yeah or, well no no before that when he's looking at the looking into the, the cat camera oh okay really yes. really well done yeah that was good yep that was one of those like am, is that am i seeing that am i seeing that and then there's a little bit of movement and then you're like oh, shit. oh that's, <laughs> like, that, that's a really really good not that's the opposite of a jump scare actually right. really right. really well done um but the ending you've mentioned that a couple of times and um i agree with you weakest part of the movie and it's one of those endings that it's really a love we, we've talked about this movie is um what you see is what you get and the ending included it's a love it or hate it type of thing like either you're gonna watch it and be like well shit you just wasted an hour and a half of my life or um you'll be like okay that's cool i don't i actually that's that's not even love (laughs) it's but um Eh, some people might love it but it also does go back to that's a very old school ending also that's it is. it's i mean it did catch me off guard i wasn't because ex- I, I didn't know who to believe not to believe in what the hell was going on so it, it did catch me off guard but um that doesn't necessarily mean it was good and i was <laughs> uh and then there's kind of an epilogue type thing to all that uh, though i will say that um at the end you get this in the end you get this very cool moment where you realize that for everything that's going on in the movie for as scary as intense as as sexy as it is there's really a a very very strong theme to this movie and it's morality and social media like that's what this movie is about and they do a really cool thing of throughout the movie they'll mention it once or twice there's one scene where it is it's kind of of major focus for a good two or three minutes and other than that it's kind of just a passing comment here or there and then in the final moments you see like oh wait like that's what this movie is about yeah. <laughs> like this is about our, our ethics in the 21st century basically and uh, i don't like the execution so much but i really like that final scene like the idea behind what they were going for that was really well done i thought yeah right so again you know weakest part of the movie for me and it was it was because there was a couple things at play i i think it was one of those like you're supposed to go like you're supposed to turn to the person next to you and be like oh what like, it was, yeah it was that? totally and like, yeah that's not at all and then i think uh danny barker who is pretty pretty darn good through the rest of the movie yeah, I think this is like the weakest scene she's got. Like, there, the, her reaction to like what she sees, I was like, mm. I don't yeah. think that's yeah, how a person that. would react. Yeah, but you know, that's a minor. It's a pretty minor gripe, really, as far as uh, the rest of her her acting was. And I just, yeah, it kind of it kind of just threw too much at the wall. I thought just, but like you're like I said, you're supposed to kind of have this aha thing. Ultimately, I don't think it ruined it for me. It. it, it was like I like you you know pointed out it, it's to show that you know you can't just get away with everything that you you know you can't just do things for your own personal gain without you know thinking about consequences for others and and uh, it drove that message right on home <laughs> it sure did and uh, we just talked about it with spiral but uh, I think this ending would have been held like a hundredfold if before it became a story of two characters if they spent a little more time with the supporting cast, especially because in that last scene, like it's a character we've been introduced to before. So if that person had a little more space time, a little more depth, like those, that final moment would have meant, like I got the idea behind it, but I had no attachment to it. 
exactly follow her it's hitting a digital stream right now it's like apple and prime and google play it's all over the place but follow her c or no c this was again this was kind of a toss-up for me you know like i really overall enjoyed it i think there's some flaws there that i think are going to bother some people particularly towards the end but i enjoyed my time i thought it was a uh like you said the, don't let the stank out we we, we need more stank <laughs> and I, this pro, this provided the stank i, I need so I, I, yeah check it out check it out i love erotic thrillers and they just don't make enough of them anymore and I would dare say that there is no other social media erotic thriller. So uh, absolutely check out, follow her. And every Saturday, check us out. You can find us here. We're part of the Morbidly Beautiful Podcast Network, where there is a bunch of horror-themed podcasts, including ourselves. We have an open review policy. We love stank. We love indie horror. (laughs) Anything that you have, please send it our way. Send us away on the old social medias, the Twitters and the Instagrams. You can do that at Adventures in Movies. You can find us individually. You can find Nathan. I call him Patrick. He's on Instagram. Adventures in Nathan. I'm Blake on Twitter. Uh, it's for at Four Eyed Horror, not Horror. Four Eyed Horror. <laughs> uh, Regina is out there too. She's on at she's on Twitter at Danger Chavez. And next week you might find robert england sitting somewhere quiet i will well we'll see uh last music reference based off of something so there was that show behind the music on vh1 back in the day yeah uh i, I don't know if you remember the poison one but um my I favorite do, yeah cc deville, <laughs> C. deville getting uh, by the lights. first it was the house of whores then it became the house of horrors. <laughs> you can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can go to Spotify. Amazon Music has podcasts now, including ourselves. Or you can go to Morbidly Beautiful. Wherever you listen to us, make sure to give us a rating or just tell a friend to listen. And that's our cue. We will talk to you next week. Talk dirty to me.